Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories. Welcome to the first episode of Wide Awake Stories. This is a new monthly radio show from Insomniac HQ that's going to focus on a little bit, a uh, little bit of something different. It's going to focus on the people who make this community and this culture as unique and vibrant as it is. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say that's what I enjoy most about our shows and working at Insomniac is just being able to walk around and talk to all the fans, the headliners, hear their stories. I mean, there's such a diverse group of people that uh, it never, it never gets old. Yeah, it's hard to tell all the stories. I mean, you walk around from the people that are there, the headliners, to the people who are putting on the show, the people who are with Insomniac, the people who are affiliated with the show. There's so many. Everyone has a story. Hence the name, Wide Awake Stories. Welcome. Wide Awake Stories. We really want to dig into the culture and, and shine a light on the people who, who really bring the magic to these shows, whether it's someone on the Insomniac team who's behind the scenes putting it together, or any of our headliners who are out there making the magic happen on the dance floor. Or an artist. Artist as well. And a musical artist, producer, or, or a visual artist who, who comes to our shows as well. Yeah, so I think um, sticking to the theme as much as possible is... Uh... Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and have a little bit of a theme for every episode. We don't want to go too crazy. Um, and I think for this first episode, what, uh, what better place to start than with Plur? You know, the concept of Plur. Um, peace, love, unity, respect, obviously. I think it gets a little bit of a bad rap sometimes in the culture. I think sometimes people dismiss it as a, as a cheesy saying and they don't really get down to the, the true meaning of what each word really stands for and, and how people put plur into action, not just at our shows, but in their daily lives. You know, it's this term that everyone knows and everyone's familiar with. You know, some people more than others. Some people put it into practice. For other people, maybe it's a little slogan on a hat. Some people kind of laugh at it. Some people do laugh at it. But we really wanted to dig deep and, and tell a bunch of stories associated with each letter of plur. The peace, the love, the unity, and the respect. I mean, we met a good group of people in Vegas this year and, and kind of almost captured the entire, this first episode in Vegas for the most part. I got to talk to Frankie Bones. Um, Dave got to talk to a couple that was married 20 years ago that is celebrating their 20 year anniversary and brought their son. Yeah, that's something that you don't see anywhere except for our shows. I mean, you, you had, uh, I saw parents coming with their grandparents. I saw uh, husbands and wives and, and such a wide range of, of stories and personality in Vegas. I mean, John, who did, who, who did we talk to over there? We talked to Tommy Sunshine about the night he fell in love with dance music. And that really resonated with me because I think anyone who is in this culture remembers the night when they really never left the dance floor. Tommy Sunshine in a party in Chicago, in a very strange place that you would not expect a party to happen. Man, that guy tells a good story. Yeah, he really does tell a good story. I could listen to that guy talk all day. So if you feel like you have a great story to tell, if you want to participate in Wide Awake Stories, check us out on insomniac.com, email us at editorial at insomniac.com, or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, you guys are the ones who really make these stories happen, and, and you're, the, you're the crux of the show, so when, when, the more we can hear from you, the better the show's going to be. Hit us up. 
So in today's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into Plur, letter by letter. We're talking about peace as, as it relates to police officers, who we call peace officers. We're talking about love with Tommy Sunshine, finding unity at the festival, and respecting your body. Who better to kick off an episode about Plur than the man who coined it himself? Um, I got the chance to speak with Frankie Bones, who's a DJ, producer, promoter. I mean, he's kind of a... a a huge pivotal figure in the dance music scene and he shared his story about the night Plur came to be. So have a listen. This is our first episode, Wide Awake Stories with Frankie Bones, setting it up. Wide Awake Stories. Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ. My name is DJ Frankie Bones. Peace, love, unity, respect. Let's discuss what Plur means to, to me. And um, basically, I was a DJ who was able to go to London in 1989 and play for energy during the summer of love to 25,000 people. The unity part was the first thing I noticed when I looked at a crowd. I've never played to a crowd that big. 25,000 people was um, unheard of, especially being from America to go to London. And the unity in that crowd that morning, it was something that I just, when I came home, I had 25,000 people dancing in my head. How am I gonna make this happen in New York? We get back to New York, reality sets in. New York was in a violent, very like, it was not the New York we know today. It was very seedy, it was very dark. There's a lot of, a lot of crime going on. People saying the racing's never gonna happen in New York. June 1st, 1990, I get my first tour to Los Angeles and I wound up seeing them doing these underground parties in warehouses and um, I knew right then and there this plur thing and I just had to bring it back to New York and we came up with the peace love unity movement it was movement in the beginning because we were trying to create a movement what I saw in Los Angeles and prior in London we wanted to push the music as a movement with something I called storm rave we did a party called atmosphere on June 30th 1990 it was in a club it wasn't a rave you can't really do the rave experience in a club so I mean, the party was kind of successful. We showed videos of London and I was like, this is not how it's done. Atmosphere was not how I wanted to do it. And a storm is a change in atmosphere. So we called it storm. A few days later, my brother painted a train car, Peace, Love, Unity, and it was for the movement. And it was a subway car that had graffiti. Basically wanted to get the message out there. Whenever we did a party, you came with peace, came with the love, unity, and respect. You always gotta look out for the next person. We were doing parties in abandoned warehouses, just like they were doing in Los Angeles. And um, I was able to get both the London thing and the Los Angeles thing, and then bring it right back to the middle where I came from in New York. So we had Richie Horton play uh, Storm Rave in 1992. And um, Storm Rave was definitely the two year honeymoon period you get like with raves and everything was great. 1993 comes along and here's Richie Horton coming to the New Music Seminar. We booked him to play Caffeine. He, he got in late and he had a lot of stuff to do Saturday. So he, he called us, there was no internet back then. So Richie was like, look, I'll make up the gig tomorrow. And we were in the venue. I'm like, there's a thousand people at Caffeine. What do we do? So I just basically got on a mic and said, Richie's not gonna be able to make it tonight. If you come to Ferry Point Park in the Bronx tomorrow night, He's gonna do an encore, you know, show. And um, we had 24 hours of just word of mouth to promote. 500 people showed up. And then this fight breaks out, um, you know, and here we are in the Bronx. And 
I got up on the DJ. We had this old IBM table. The equipment was on. I got up on it, and I was like, if you don't start showing some peace, love, and unity, I'm going to break your fucking faces. Because I was really upset that a fight would break out. We never had a fight happen like that at a party. And I'm going off of the Warrior Cyrus thing because I'm in the Bronx, you know? I mean, it's like where hip-hop came from. We're right in hip-hop's backyard. And it, it really upset me that, you know? I knew all the people that were there. And we were trying to do something special. And Richie didn't even arrive yet. He didn't get there till like 4.30 in the morning. He closed it out. And... Uh, the police came and kicked them off at like, I think 6.30 in the morning. And that was that. But um, basically, it was about the DJ. You know, Richie to us was, he was the first icon DJ. The Plastic Man thing, the Spastic thing. It was during the music seminar. And that's the night where Plur became Plur. The R replaced the M because the movement was created now. The Plur thing has stayed the same from the very beginning. And if I didn't see it in Los Angeles, I would have never came up with it because it was the only way we were going to do it in New York. And it went from west to east and east to west until it met up in the middle. And then, you know, by 1993, and, you know, we've been awake since 1993, but it, all of America had a rave scene, so... Basically, peace, love, unity, and respect to me means just look out for the next person and, you know, have a great time and just, you know, just put all the negatives away and just, it's all about positivity and vibes, what you put out there in the world. And that's what makes EDC such a special event because these people come to Las Vegas now and we have this speedway racetrack and it's all about the true meaning of Plur, 100%. All right, my name is EJ Fagabones. I'm out of here. This is Wide Awake Stories. So yeah, you're listening to Wide Awake Stories. We just heard from Funky Bones on the uh, impetus of Plur. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. That line, if you don't start showing some peace, love, and unity, I'm going to break your fucking faces. That's so not Plur. Plur before Plur. <laughs> <laughs> but it all ended up peaceful in the end, so... Oh, for sure, for sure. Plur prevails. It's great to hear such a legendary story from the legend himself. Man, what a thick New York accent that guy has. Just New York through and through. Maybe you want to order a pretzel and a knish. What a night. I wish I was there to live it. So Frankie set it up for us, but uh, we're going to dive into the first set, of course, which is P. And uh, we're going to start with peace. And uh, we spoke to Officer Rick Nogues from the Las Vegas Metro PD, a, an organization that's really been amazing uh, to us out in Las Vegas. They really do bring new meaning to the word peace officers out they there. gotta love their job right i mean overtime for this and just look at the crowd they get to interact with and i imagine 99 percent of their job is not dealing with people like our headliners you for know? sure yeah did you see the female officer with the arm full of candy she was amazing yeah that was pretty incredible and i all the time i see uh people going up and trading candy with with police officers as well which is always a great sight to see so when I interviewed him, we were actually sitting at the top of the crow's nest at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and, and I had never been up there before, but looking out there, you see every single aspect of the festival. You see how much ground these guys actually have to cover and how many people you know, att attend EDC Vegas. What's the crow's nest? Uh, if you've ever been down at EDC Vegas and you look up at the top where it says Las Vegas Motor Speedway and it looks like uh, press boxes in the top, that's where all the command post is and, and that's where everyone is kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, the best vantage point of the entire of the entire show. You're going to hear Rick talk about what it's like to actually work these shows and, and be on the ground and, and all the things he has to put in place to make sure that everyone uh, feels at peace and, and not just not just headliners but the people who organize the events to make sure everything is running smoothly and that everyone has peace of mind. 
So let's hear from McNogus in his amazing location at the Crow's Nest up there in the Speedway talking about EDC Las Vegas. Experience creators. The view up here is is pretty priceless. Right now we're at the top uh, of the command post for EDC Las Vegas looking out at all the stages and, and all the people. And uh, introduce yourself and, and, and tell us your name and, and what you do with Las Vegas Metro Police Department. Okay, my name is Rick Nogus uh, and I, I work in the special events section for Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, we're an events planning section and we coordinate uh, events throughout Clark County. I've been working with Insomniac for six years now. All the, all the time that we've been doing events out here at, at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, I've been a part of it. I would say uh, I've never worked anywhere uh, where I've seen something to this magnitude. Uh, the amount of people, um, the, the good people that I see here that are uh, uh, enjoying the friendships and, and the experience, uh, I've never seen that anywhere. And I've been doing events uh, or coordinated events since 1988, so it's been a long time for me. I see you've got the, the candy around your wrist too. Are those the candy that you got here? Those ones from previous shows? Yeah, those are ones from previous shows, but there was one uh, candy that I got specific uh, that somebody took the time to make that said that uh, it says thank you LVMPD. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool that somebody would take time to, to, to put that together and then to bring it here and actually give it to us. It, it made it seem like uh, uh, the relationship is good that way, that people would think that way. You know, one thing I see here uh, and, and doing events for so many years is that you can tell the strength of the crowd, the relationship of the crowd. If somebody's injured or hurt or having a hard time and laying down somewhere, we actually see guests going and helping those people that they don't even know and helping them up or getting medical to them or going to grab police officers to help folks out. I know there's a lot of other types of events around the world where everybody's just kind of watching out for themselves. Um, that's, a, that's a big deal for me. I think it makes me feel more like everybody's, it's almost like a big family. And, uh, and that's, in that way I see it, and that's pretty clear. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. So you're listening to Wide Awake Stories, and that was Officer Rick Nogues talking to... Uh talking to us about EDC. Yeah, from uh, live from the crow's nest uh, at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I'm not going to lie, it was hard doing that interview because you're up there and, and these amazing jets are taking off from Nellis Air Force Base right nearby. So it's kind of hard to keep your eyes on the prize there. You know, one of the most touching things about his story to me was how he just kind of differentiated and separated the, uh, the electronic music scene and, and the fans, our headliners, compared to other shows that they might work and just how respectful they are of, of the police officers and, and their peers, you know, like helping out friends, helping out friends and him pointing that out that he doesn't really see that at other shows. And, and that's something that's really special about Insomniac really touch me. Yeah, it's always good when our community gets a good look from law enforcement. You know, I think uh, many times we're unfairly targeted and uh, to have people out there who are, are saying great things, not just about the events, but about the people at the events, it, it really it goes a long way for sure. At these events, I feel like officers oftentimes feel like people themselves when sometimes they might not be treated this. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, I imagine like people going up to cops at a rock concert, they're not trying to hug them and, and thank them. No, but and, they do here. You see the photos and it actually happens. Yeah, yeah. End up with armfuls of candy, smiling, having a great time. Who wouldn't love their job if that's what happened to them at work? Give me a hug, Rich. <laughs> <laughs>
That was great to hear from Rick Nogas himself. If you have any stories relating to positive interactions with police officers or peace officers at EDC Vegas or any of our shows, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. I know you guys can't give us real hugs, but you can definitely give us virtual hugs online. Uh, hit us up with the hashtag Wide Awake Stories on, on Facebook or Twitter and tell us what you think of these stories and if you have other stories of your own that you want to share with us. I mean, this show is all about you guys and, 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 and speaking for you. What's your story? You must have one. Everyone has one. Hit us up. Hashtag Wide Awake Stories. Get on it. So the next letter in the alphabet is B, but obviously the next letter in the Ravers alphabet is L. So we're going to be talking about L and, and love, of course. Love is in the air at all of our shows. Do y'all remember the night you fell in love with dance music? I do, for sure. Yeah. It was at uh, Organic in 1996. I was sitting on a hillside at, uh, I forget what uh, ski slope valley it was, watching uh, Orbital Orb, The Chemical Brothers, Meat Beat Manifesto, Luke Guru. The list goes on and on, but that was definitely, I remember watching that show and feeling like I, I needed to have this uh, this music in my life for sure. Mine was 94 in the desert somewhere that I have no idea. That took like five hours to get there, just trying to find from the map point and all the road signs and turn I was left at a rock. finishing and... my English homework in 1994. <laughs> I was one years old, guys. <laughs> I don't know if John was born. John, were you born in 1994? I was. Uh, I can't do math, but I was born for sure. What about you? When when did you fall in love with dance music? 2006, Daft Punk, Coachella. I saw the Pyramid, and within that 12-month calendar year, I saw that same show three times. I was following that show as much as I could. That was the Alive Tour, right? It, was, it became the Alive Tour. That's right. I was there. It was a good yeah, show. Alive Tour. It was an amazing show. Yeah. Game changer. Sam, when did you fall in love with dance music? What's your story? Um, yeah, mine was actually, uh, funny enough, at EDC 2006, back when it was at the Orange Show. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I mean, I heard about raves, and there was basically this negative connotation, and the, the minute I stepped foot through the door, I was hooked. Never left the dance floor. <laughs> and now he's like our office oracle on music. <laughs> Dave, what about you? Do you remember the night you fell in love with dance music? I can't think of a specific night when I fell in love with dance music. But it involves Probably means Prince. it was a really good night. No, um, <laughs> it involves Prince. When you heard Call On Me by Eric Prince. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the night the dance music fell in love with Dave. <laughs> it was a night for me back up uh, in high school, probably up in the mountains of Santa Cruz. We had a couple great nights up there. And uh, I think the real real game changer for me was going to Sensation White in Amsterdam in 2011. That was a... Uh, that's the night I fell in love with dance music. Wide Awake Stories. Broadcasting from the Insomnia HQ. We got in touch with Tommy Sunshine, who's a pretty amazing character, been in the scene for a long time. He recounts a pretty amazing tale of the night that he fell in love with dance music, which incidentally is a series on insomniac.com. Uh, he did this for us, but you can go to insomniac.com and check out a whole series of articles. Uh, on the night I fell in love with dance music, we interview photographers, musicians, fans, publicists, everyone who's a part of the scene and, and find out how and where and when they, uh, they fell in love with this culture, just like we all did. And... Why don't you guys listen and tell us about the night you guys fell in love with dance music? Yeah, hit us up online, hashtag Wide Awake Stories on Facebook and Twitter, and tell us about how you, right there, sitting in your car, in the gym, in the bathtub, at school, wherever you might be, we want to hear from you. 
So now we've got Tommy Sunshine telling his story about the night he fell in love with dance music. And man, it's he's like the Hunter S. Thompson of the rave scene. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss this one. Yeah, strap on your seatbelts. The night I fell in love with dance music wouldn't have been the first night I heard dance music, but it would have been a very specific party that I remember very well in Chicago called Gator Rave. And the flyer was a spoof on the Gatorade bottle. And I remember that night getting dressed up to go out. I used to wear these size 52 overalls from a place called Farm and Fleet. And I used to keep a Muppet in the front pocket. Had a squeaking nose and brought that thing with me everywhere. On the way out of Naperville, which is where I lived at the time, it was about 45 minutes southwest of Chicago. And I would always stop at this one truck stop on the way out of town to pick up mini thins, which were these, I don't know, it was the ephedrine, basically. And uh, they sold it at truck stops. Grabbed that on the way out, on the way out of town and headed for this party. Now, we didn't know at the time where it was, what part of Chicago it was going to be in. This is back in the days when there'd be a map point. You'd have to call a number. It was a pretty complicated process. But by the time we got all the information, we ended up at this elementary school on the west side of Chicago. The party was in the basement of this elementary school. This was the summer of 1992. And what you have to understand is that in the summer of 1992, the west side of Chicago was serious gang territory. Latin Kings, Maniac Latin Disciples, lots of other rival gangs. Not some place that a white kid from the southwest suburbs had any business being in. And I remember walking into this party and the first person I met was a guy named Bob Smiley. This guy used to dance with an inflatable tube of toothpaste that was about four feet tall. And this guy sold me my first $5 nitrous balloon. And if you can imagine what the music was like in this place, I mean, this is full on 92 rave here, so I'm just blistering, banging, proper techno, mostly from the UK. Now this party was very, very bizarre. There were plastic trash cans full of punch, and that punch was made with God knows what, and there was no way I was gonna drink that, which is funny because I had no problem dropping LSD, but I didn't want to drink the punch. I also met Phil Freeart that night, which was this kid from Chicago who drew this zine and it was all original artwork. He was also a graffiti kid. And I just kind of looked around the room and I was like, okay, there are all these people and they had all these strong personalities and they're all like me. And I got along with these people on a level that I had not gotten along with my high school friends. I had not gotten along with anyone else who lived in my town. This was different. This was family. And I knew I was in for something really special that night. The DJ that they flew in for this party was a guy called the Music Maker. 
He was from London or Sheffield, but he was from the UK. And there was a moment that night that's as clear to me today in 2016 as it was in 1992 as it was happening. The music maker dropped Apotheosis, O Fortuna. And this was a record we had not heard before. And the drama and the pomp and circumstance of that record and when it dropped and we all went so crazy and right as it got to the peak of the record somebody turned all the lights off in the basement of this elementary school on the south side of chicago and there was one guy with a coal miner hat and that light was the only light in this room other than the little bit of light that was coming off the turntables I just remember looking around with what little light was in that room, high on LSD, being in this environment for the first time and really feeling that I belonged there. And that night was my first psychedelic experience at a rave. And it was beyond glorious. In that moment, I felt no different than a kid in the jazz age in the 20s, or a kid from the beat generation in the 50s, or a hippie in the 60s. I knew I had found it. I knew I had tapped into that undefinable subculture that's been around since the beginning of time and is exactly the same today for a kid who hears that one record and it totally blows their mind. Chicago at Gatorade with the music maker and O Fortuna. That was the night I fell in love with dance music, and I'll never forget it. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. You're listening to Wide Awake Stories, and that was a Tommy Sunshine. Don't drink the punch, guys. Yeah, no, definitely not. That is an amazing story. I'm trying to picture Tommy without his hair because he didn't have that long hair at the time with a Muppet in the front of his overalls. I just, that's a, it's a, it's a mental image that I'm, I can't get out of my head right now. Believe it or not, the first time I met Tommy was he had short hair. And did he have a Muppet in his overalls? He did not have a Muppet in his overalls, but uh, he was still this big personality that he is with the short hair. For sure. No, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. And remember, we want to hear your stories, too. Hit us up uh, online, hashtag Wide Awake Stories. Tell us about the night you fell in love with dance music. And that track as well, I think, if ever there was a, a hands-in-the-air, memorable rave track, O Fortuna is, is definitely one of them, for sure. At least for the old farts like us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about these new, these young kids, about John and Sam. What do you guys? Nope. Not banging enough. A little enough. too dramatic. Not banging enough. Little Rave of Thrones. It is a little Rave of Thrones. <laughs> See, what is that score on, on the banger level, Dave? Zero. <laughs> Pretty down there. <laughs> that a negative? What's wrong with you people? We talked about peace. We talked about love. We're about to talk about unity. Ravers definitely put the unity in community, that's for sure. Indeed they do. Yeah, unity takes on so many different forms at our shows. Uh, the clown troops you see or any of the performers that are there in Vegas. I mean, that's the epitome of unity. They have to know exactly what the other one is doing uh, without really being able to talk to one another and, and communicate so that they don't break that fourth wall with the headliners. 
Uh, obviously, there's rave fans everywhere. I mean, you see squads going together, huge groups of people. Sometimes they're all dressed the same, or they all come from the same place. And uh, and Dave, you you talked to a couple that's the epitome of unity, didn't you? This uh, this couple might have created the most amazing rave fam of them all. You're really gonna believe in the uh, unifying power of these festivals after uh, you hear this story. I uh, I sure did after I talked to this couple who had uh, decided to have their renewal vows there uh, after 20 years of being married. And what more perfect of a situation to get 20 years of marriage, the 20th year of EDC, and they brought their kid. And they brought their. Was kid. he 20 years old? He <laughs> wasn't 20 years old, though. That would have been really perfect. I believe he had just turned 18 and was now able to go to an Insomniac event. And I think the whole family was super excited because it made so much sense for uh, them to all go together. And um, the parents, you know, they bought their children's or their kids' ticket. He brought his friends and they all got a hotel room together and just had the best old time. So this is what happened when I met up with Paul and Erica this summer at EDC Las Vegas. Wide awake stories from Insomniac. My wife, Erica, and I, we met in the club scene in Chicago many, over 20 years ago. Yeah, 20, 20 years ago. We met at a club, uh, Club 950 in Chicago. And I remember uh, she, my sister came out to uh, go out partying with me. And that's when I met her because she brought her friend Erica. And that was it. We've been together ever since. Our first date was the next weekend after that. And that was 20 years ago. Yep, 20 years ago, and we love dancing, we love going to clubs, we've always been into, you know, all that kind of stuff over the years, but then, you know, you get older and you stop doing things like that, but then our son got us back into it. Yeah, he it was loves great. that kind of music, and he started getting us into that music. Yeah, it was the, it was a different club scene just, back then. You know, yeah. listening to listening to Moby and going to the early clubs like Limelight just opened up in Chicago. Crowbar, we were the giant clubs back then in Chicago. So we started going to big scenes like that. And yeah, like you say, after you know you have kids, you get older and stuff, and it's great to come back into it. And the you know the whole like love scene here as soon as we you know started finding out more about the rave culture that's still really vibrant here it was just really really great for us you know there's i think there's a lot more love that needs to be had in this world you know especially now all you got to do is turn on the news and you see the opposite of that and this is really really good representation for us of you know love that is in the world you can come to a place like this doesn't matter what you look like what sex you are what color you are anything like that and you're just part of the family here and it's just awesome so this is like the antithesis of all the bad stuff going on in the world right now. Yeah, so we decided to come to EDC. It was basically, I think, a couple of years ago that my son went to a, a rave uh, in Albuquerque. And, uh, you know, he was only 17. And it was, you know, an underage club that he went to. And so we started asking more about this. And I'm like, well, what are these places like? And so, you know, he started showing pictures and talking about it more. And then started playing the music for us. And we just started loving the music. I'm like, man, this is like a lot of the old Moby and other club tunes that we used to do. But it's more electronic. And it was just awesome. So we kind of came to it from that. And, and then he told us about EDC. And that's when we started looking into it. We started watching all the trailers and the videos and the uh, podcasts, all that. And we were just like, oh my God, we got to do this. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, holy crap, it's our 20-year anniversary. Yes. It's the 20-year anniversary, 20 anniversary of EDC. Yeah, and he was the senior in high school. We're like, Carl, you graduate. Yep. We'll buy tickets. We'll all go there as a family. And he's like, no way, you would do that. <laughs> yes, he was totally like, shocked, yes, but yeah, yes. we put the whole trip together. We thought, you know what, we're doing this, and then Paula came up with the idea of, well, it's 
ADC's 20 year and it's our 20 year anniversary, so let's do a recommitment at ADC at the 20 year anniversary. Yeah, absolutely. So, so. yeah, here we are. <laughs> this is Wide Awake Stories. Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ. You're listening to Wide Awake Stories. That was Paul and Erica talking about their love at EDC. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people finding love at one of our shows or one of our festivals. And we want to hear your story. If you met your love or you met your bestie bestie, hit us up. Hashtag Wide Awake Stories. Facebook, Twitter. We want to hear from you. So far on this uh, debut episode of Wide Awake Stories, uh, we've gone down the plural alphabet. We've covered peace and talking to Rick Nogues of the Las Vegas Metro PD and, uh, and all of his peace officers. We've obviously talked about love and we had a great story from Tommy Sunshine telling us about the night he fell in love with dance music. And you just heard a, a great story about unity from Paul and Erica, a couple who'd been married for 20 years and, and celebrated their 20-year vows at the 20th anniversary of EDC. And now at the final letter, which represents one of the biggest elements of Plur, respect. Respect is super important. I mean, it's the last letter. It's like the anchor in rave culture. And again, like peace and love and unity, respect can take on so many different forms. So I got to talk to the consciousness group team in Vegas. And what a just really solid, real group of people these guys are. And uh, the service they do at the shows is, is so important. I mean, they're... They're basically there to listen to people and hear their stories and help them if they can or just simply provide like a decompression space from the craziness that is the festival. Yeah, it's amazing to see how far they've come since the first time we met them in 2013 at Escape. Yeah, that first show, there was hardly anybody rolling through their tent. And now if you look at Vegas, I mean, they were, it was popping off. <laughs> like it was busy. Uh, that leaves us with the last and final letter of Plur, R. Uh, which obviously stands for respect. It's the final pillar of Plur. Uh, we spoke with the consciousness group who really emphasized the idea of respecting your mind and your body. This is Wide Awake Stories. Cool, so I'm sitting here with the consciousness group and why don't you guys introduce yourself? Hi, uh, this is Q Brickle with consciousness group. Pat Ochoa. Hi name, my name's Alan T. Can you tell me a little bit about what Consciousness Group is all about, why you guys are here, and what you're doing? Yeah, Consciousness Group is a group of clean and sober music fans that provide a safe place for people to come, get away from all the craziness of the festival, uh, find some like-minded folks who are choosing to do this thing uh, clean and sober. We provide meetings for people who are in recovery or struggling to find traction in what could otherwise be a slippery slope. And we make sure that no matter what someone's life decision is out here, that they feel respected and loved. Is there kind of one story, like personal story, that's kind of hit home with a, a headliner that's come through that uh, kind of, you know, falls into this respect thing that maybe their story just resonated with you guys a, a lot? We had a young man come up to us at one of these festivals one time, and he walked up and he's, uh, he's talking to us and he's telling us how he's high on love, and we're looking at him like, man, like, been high on a lot of things, I don't know about love though, you know? And uh, he asks if he can come in the tent, he asks if he can rest for a while. We say, absolutely, come on in, come on in. He ends up falling asleep in the tent. And uh, the next day we come in and he's still just asleep on the floor. Um, it's one of the festivals that allows camping. And we, uh, we, we pull him up into a chair for one of the meetings, and uh, for one of our support group meetings. And, and he's standing there and he's sitting there. And at first we all kind of thought he was kind of just dozing off still. 
And I kept looking over at him and I realized slowly but surely he's nodding his head and he's picking up what it is that we're saying. And he's slowly starting to listen. And after the meeting, he kind of starts talking to some of us and says, hey, like, I, I don't know if this is the life I want to live anymore. I, I really like some of the stuff y'all said. Would you be able to help me out? Would you be able to talk to me? And we, uh, we got him linked up with some other people. And he came back a year later for one day of the festival, just one day of the festival. And he came walking up and it was completely a different person. It was like seeing the same thing, but a completely different person. And he walks up and I said, and he says, I bought a ticket to this festival just for today to come in and say thank you because I've got one year sober today. And the amount of respect that goes into something like that for him to pick up our message because we didn't judge him. We would never judge somebody for coming in here for what it is that they want or what it is they think they might need. And the fact that we were able to love him enough to do that radically changed this man's life. It's a great story, man. I, I mean, are you guys... Are you constantly kind of shocked at every show, like whether it's an insomniac event or just by doing what you do? I mean, do you do you kind of probably have those stories on a regular basis, huh? Every show we do, I walk away in awe. Every single time we do an event, no matter where we are in the country, I walk out of here with a new experience. And because we really never know how many lives we're going to affect by doing this stuff. Yeah, we're, uh, I mean, we're always honored first and foremost to be out here and to be given a position to come out here and the privilege to be of service to this community. Um, Harmonium, the nonprofit that, that stands behind Consciousness Group, uh, we do a lot of different shows all over the country and by far and away Insomniac shows tend to be the most profound for us because this community is founded on this plur idea and they respond so well to us. I mean, they respond so incredibly well, and even if they don't buy what it is we're trying to give them, or even if they don't fall in line with our ideals, they respect us and they love us, and they, they, they have this unity with us enough to walk away and say like, that's a really cool thing you guys are doing. It's like, how does, what you guys do, how does it help you guys on a personal level? Like, you, you're here helping everybody else, but what do you get, what do you get out of this? So, I, I mean, I think about where I was uh, 30 minutes ago, you know, listening to Doc Martin, one of my favorite DJs of all time, and I'm, and I'm up front, and I'm, I got my eyes closed, and I'm dancing, and I open my eyes, and there's this, this, young, this young guy dancing, and uh, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he, he big smile on his face, and he, he gave me a big hug, and he thanked me for talking to him yesterday. You know, I, I don't know the impact that I have on others, but I know the impact that that kid had on my life in that moment. You know, I felt I felt loved, I felt respected, I felt I felt a part of, you know, and, and, and to get the opportunity to be in, uh, of service to another human being. For me, you know, when, when my spirit connects, is, connects with someone else's spirit, like, like the power of that is healing. It heals me, you know, it heals, it heals the wounds for me on the inside. You know, the wounds of my perception of my own life, of the hurts and the stuff in my life, you know, um, it, it heals those wounds. You know, um, for me, I mean, it's far more greater sometimes, I think, for me than the impact I have on other people. Wide Awake Stories. So you're listening to Wide Awake Stories. This is our first episode, and you just heard from the Consciousness Group uh, talking about uh, the last letter of plur, respect, and, and just how it's important to, uh, to respect all facets uh, of both your body and your mind and respect your fellow headliners and, and create an amazing experience. You know, one of the most sincere forms of respect is is actually sitting down and listening to what other somebody else has to say. And, you know, that's what they do at the shows. If you see the Consciousness Group at any of our festivals, stop by. Say hi. Say hi. Yeah, give them a high five and or a hug and, and let them know that, uh, that you appreciate what they do. 
So that's a wrap on our first episode of, of Wide Awake Stories. We really hope uh, you guys enjoyed uh, hearing what we had to say. We talked to some pretty awesome people in Vegas. I mean, I got the chance to talk to Frankie Bones about the impetus of Plur and how it all came to be. I chatted with the Consciousness Group. Um, they're doing amazing work. Uh, I probably got to chat with the coolest rave family of all time. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. And if you're at our shows and, and you see us, we're the guys walking around with these little mics. Uh, we got a little logo on them. Uh, probably got a, a little uh, radio attached to our shoulders. If you see us, uh, come up and say hello and, and tell us your story. We definitely want to hear it. And uh, maybe you uh, can make it into the next episode of Wide Awake Stories. We'll be here doing this again next month. Um, we can't wait to show you what we have up next. We're going to explore self-expression and what that means to our fans. I honestly believe we have the most creative and most expressive fans in the world. And to see your totems, to see your costumes, to see your smiles and your candy. There's no other place where you'll find more self-expression than at any of our shows. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions or uh, want to hit us up and tell your own story, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, hashtag Wide Awake Stories. And let us know how you express yourself. So make sure to tune in next month for an all-new episode of Wide Awake Stories, where we'll be talking about self-expression. See you next time. Clear out. Tune in next month for a new episode of Wide Awake Stories. Story.